or what it is what's up i'm not gonna finish the rest of that anyway what's up y'all welcome back to the i'm telling you what podcast i almost could not get that out of my mouth so sorry about that (laughs) i hope you are doing great today uh today is exciting because today is the first day of spooky season everybody cheer get excited um i love spooky season and if you don't know what spooky season is um it's october that's really it. But I have some plans for this month. I'm going to be coming out with a lot of episodes. Okay, I'm going to do my absolute best um, to give you good content. I hope it's actually somewhat decent. But you know what? Anyway, this is fun for me. So I'm just going to do it anyways, whether people like it or not. So <laughs> but um, I'm just going to get right into this. Um, you can tell by the title that this is part two um, of the Jared Bride again murder mystery. Um, and if you listen to my last episode, then you are already familiar with Jared's story, everything that happened, and where things stand as of now. But for this episode, I'm going to dive even deeper into the things that are now coming out about this case. Um, it's important for everyone to remember, though, that I am not attacking anyone. I am not here to sensationalize this because there is a family with children and friends and lots of family members that are living this nightmare every single day. So I just want people to remember that, okay? Um, I'm also not here to say definitively who did this. I want to make that very clear. I'm just stating the signs point to one person in particular, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Um... I'm going to review the things that Kirsten has been saying publicly and what we can all do to help her, especially if you live in the Jacksonville area. So if you live in the Jacksonville area in Florida, listen up and listen good. Um, So let's dive into the information that I have because I'm telling you what, there's something dark behind the motive of this murder. Okay, so before we get going, I just want y'all to know that I've had a hack for like three weeks now. So I may have to pause a couple times to cough it out and then I'll be back. But I've got my sweet tea from Chick-fil-A sitting beside me. So that's helping me a little bit. (laughs) But okay, I just want y'all to be aware of that. But um, I'm not going to review too much of what happened um, or talk about the incident itself in this episode because of that is all covered in episode 13. So I encourage you to listen to that if you want to know exactly what took place, what the police found, and where things stand as of today. That has like all the information about the actual crime. But for this part, 
I'm going to discuss the more like nitty gritty things and some not so comfortable topics and the, I guess you could say like behind the scenes information that's circulating right now. And let's just go ahead and get into it. So I want to first start with a Daily Mail article that came out this year, June of 2022. And this article reveals if all of it is true, some pretty shocking things because Things that I read online, I take with a grain of salt sometimes, unless there's like direct quotes from family members, you know what I mean? So, um, the first thing that this article kind of talked about was when Shanna said she wanted to shut him up, talking about Jared, to a tattoo shop employee. Do you remember that from the last episode? If you do, you may have been just as uh, taken aback as I was learning about that because people don't just say those things. Um, so yeah. Um, in 2015, when Shanna and Jared, I believe the day after Shanna filed for divorce, um, she went to a tattoo shop to get a piercing and she got this piercing in a place that would be very painful. Let's just say that. Um, (laughs) I'll let you look that up, (laughs) what kind of piercing it was. But in 2015, Shanna got this piercing done and she became friends with this uh, tattoo shop employee that did this piercing for her. And um, sometime later on, um, they went out to eat at a restaurant together. And while they were there, she said her quote, life could be better if he would just shut up. Talking about Jared. And then asked the employee if they knew of anyone that could shut him up. That was where that came from in the first episode. Um, And in the words of this employee, he said, quote, I did not take it at the time as anything nefarious. In hindsight, I can see how that can be taken differently now. Yeah, you think? I'm not blaming the tattoo shop employee. He didn't do anything wrong. But like, if you watch true crime, I feel like there's like this common pattern where People who are up to no good will say things like this or they'll like drop hints of things that are kind of red flags and people are kind of like, oh, they were just, you know, mad or they were just bitter or whatever. But you kind of think to yourself, that just, that sounded a little off. And then later on, those people end up doing something horrific and and then people are like, why didn't I see it then? Do you know what I'm talking? You know what I mean? Like people don't just go around saying those things like, Oh, my life would be just so much better if he would just shut up. Who says that? Like, I know you're going through a pretty um, aggressive and um, exhausting divorce and it's not going well for either one of you, but people don't just say those things. Maybe they do. I don't know. I'm just not that kind of person. I don't know many people that are that kind of person, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that. (laughs) Um... And, you know, the big thing that's been looming over me ever since I started to, like, really research this case is this one question. Whose life would be better with Jared gone? And who would perceive Jared's death as a good thing or a relief in some way? I think you know the answer to that. And I have thought this question the entire time. And so when I read that part in the Daily Mail article, I was like, holy crap, that just confirmed everything for me. Because I feel like when you're watching true crime, like you have these questions in the back of your head and you're like, 
how could something like this happen? But then you have to think about the people involved and think, why would someone say that? Why would be, why would they be that upset over someone else? Why? Is it jealousy? Is it money? Who knows? We'll talk about that. But right now, um, let's talk about this. (laughs) So detectives interviewed later on this tattoo shop employee and he told them Shanna complained that Jared was trying to take all of her money. (sighs) Sis, your parents are billionaires. What money was he trying to take that you couldn't get back anyway? I mean, seriously, I'm not trying to be like petty, but seriously, um, could that possibly be the motive in all of this? Um, I have no doubt the police have looked into this and still are looking into this. So now let's move on to the things that Kirsten has been putting out to the public. This stuff is so important, okay? And uh, before I get into this part, let me just say, Kirsten, you go, sis. Go off. Go off, sis. This woman is so strong, so resilient, and is the definition of fortitude. And she's out here pouring some hot tea, okay? Kirsten, I've said it once, but I will say it again. You are my absolute hero, okay? I think a lot of women can say that about you. So Kirsten has made the public aware of some very important things that haven't necessarily been covered in the news and articles and things like that. So let's talk about some of the things that you may not know. Um, Before Jared was murdered, um, four months to be exact, uh, there was a riff between Kirsten and Jared and Shanna. And as I mentioned in the last episode, Jared's son has a heart condition that requires him to have an oxygen machine. Um, And this particular oxygen machine was in Shanna's possession after the divorce and it was shared between both households Um, and Shanna refused to let Kirsten and Jared use this machine when they were going on a trip with the twins and so Kirsten and Jared had to buy a small travel one Um, and the divorce agreement involving this machine stated that Shanna was to pay back 25% of this travel-sized oxygen machine. Um, Kirsten said she and Jared tried several times to get Shanna to let them use the original one that they had before they had to go out and buy a new one. Um, and in like this interview or like video that Shanna, uh, Kirsten, I'm sorry, that Kirsten made on her Instagram... Um, she was like, we wanted to make absolutely sure that she was actually being serious when she said that we weren't allowed to use it. Um, and Kirsten said Shanna never responded. And so they were like, well, we have to have one. So they ended up buying the travel sized one. And so then they sent Shanna the bill for this and Shanna paid the 25% over a month later. And then later on, she randomly asked Kirsten and Jared to bring the travel machine so she could then use it on a trip. And Kirsten was confused and said, well, if if yours isn't working, we'd be glad to lend you ours. But before they let Shanna have this other one, they called the machine manufacturer about the original machine that was being shared. 
um, just to make sure nothing was wrong with it, that no sensors were going off and stuff. And the manufacturer said Shanna's machine was working perfectly fine and there was nothing wrong with it. (laughs) So, um, Shanna never sent anything back to Kirsten and Jared because Kirsten was like, if yours is broken, we'd be happy to let you like borrow ours. Well, Shanna never texted them back or emailed whatever. They, she never got back in touch with them. So Shanna then went on her trip with the twins. And, uh, when she got back, Kirsten and Jared were hit with a lawsuit, basically saying that they refused to let Shanna use their travel machine. What? Kirsten and Jared were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. That is not right at all. Um, and when they went to court about this, Kirsten and Jared said, here, we will refund you the portion you paid. So this will no longer be a thing that we have to go back and forth on that we don't have to worry about. You can have yours and we can have ours. And something Kirsten said about this is so true. If Shanna's machine was truly broken or not working, why would she be willing to risk her son's life to go on a trip? Why would you claim the oxygen machine isn't working and then leave to go on a trip? And the story that Shanna had was just completely bogus, right? Because they called the manufacturer and they were like, everything's working fine. Nothing's wrong with it. So Shanna's attorney about this little riff here even said, quote, the father apparently considers his vindictiveness toward the mother more important than protecting his son's health and life, and that Jared was more concerned with humiliating the mother than he is in making sure his own child does not die. A uh, no ma'am. No ma'am. That ain't it. No ma'am. Um, that comment that her attorney made should be directed towards Shanna, not Jared. Um, because if her machine was broken and she cares about her son, she would have gotten the other machine that Kirsten and Jared said she could borrow because this is their son's life. But no, I'm just going to go on my trip anyway. Jeez, 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 jeez. I could say some things, but I'm not, I'll, I'll say that at the very end. So Kirsten said all of the details about the oxygen machines are backed up in writing with emails and in court documents. And Like I said, all of this happened just four months before Jared was killed. Mind you, this divorce started in 2015. So for this amount of time, they have been going back and forth on things like this. Okay, but I'm not saying Jared started any of them. All right. So now let's move on and talk about Jared's funeral. There were a couple things that happened during the time Kirsten was planning this. And it honestly makes me so angry when I talk about it. And I hope it makes you angry too. Um, On February 28th, not even two weeks after Jared had been killed, Kirsten received an email from Shanna. And here's what it said. Kirsten, my attorney has requested a copy of Jared's death certificate for the family court. You can send it to me or to him and his pair paralegal directly, whichever you prefer, Shanna. That was sent 12 days after Jared was killed. Who does that in that kind of tone? Seriously? Shanna did one taped interview and was, quote, emotional. (laughs) In her words, that she was like, she broke down and was just devastated and stuff. 
and she was emotional in this interview as she was recounting the story. But that email that she sent seems pretty emotionless to me. And according to Kirsten, Jared's body was still at the morgue at this time. Are you kidding me? His death certificate hadn't even been made yet. And Kirsten was in the middle of planning Jared's funeral. This is just like so beyond cruel and insensitive. I like, oh my gosh, makes me so mad. Kirsten also mentioned that a New York City criminal and family attorney said that he would never have his clients do anything like this, especially given the nature of the relationship between Kirsten and Shanna. And he also said that attorneys actually have servers and paralegals who can easily get death certificates. It would make no sense to reach out to the wife. So you heard it here first, people. She didn't even have to reach out to Kirsten, but she did. And I can't help but feel like it was just a sucker punch on purpose. And so you may be wondering, like I did, what about the social security part of this? Would that maybe be a reason why she sent this email? Um, so let, let's talk about the social security thing. If you don't know, here's how that kind of works. So when a loved one passes away, surviving family members can get survivor benefits. And benefits are paid to widows, widowers, and dependents. And according to the Social Security website, this benefit is particularly important for young families with children. Um, the deceased person must have worked long enough to qualify for survivor benefits. And if they are eligible, then once the um, Social Security office receives a report of the death, the benefits will then go to the surviving family members, even divorced spouses. But the website also says, in most cases, the funeral home will report the person's death to the Social Security office. You have to give them the deceased person's Social Security number in order for them to make the report. And <laughs> something I want to add here, someone commented on Kirsten's Instagram and it said she probably wanted it, the death certificate, for Social Security benefits for the kids or some type of life insurance, but get it some other way besides from you. To which Kirsten replied, unfortunately, social security benefits doesn't seem to be the reason either. I'm the one that got that set up for all four kids. All she had to do was answer the phone when the social security office called her to confirm her banking information. <sighs> so why then? What could Shanna possibly want with getting Jared's death certificate that wasn't even available yet. Some may also argue that it's related to child support. And when a family is receiving child support, having the death certificate of a loved one does allow the family to keep receiving those benefits to help care for the children involved. However, Kirsten has stated that they weren't even paying Shanna child support at the time Jared was killed, and there were no child support things that needed to be taken care of that would have warranted this kind of question in an email at 9:30 at night. <laughs> so, given that information, uh let's segue into something else that may pertain to money. Um have you ever heard of the company called Stampin' Up? 
if you have or have not, Shanna's mother, Shelly, uh, co-founded this company with her sister in the 80s. And their business has been very successful. And as of, oh, they have, sorry, I'm reading my notes and it's whatever. My brain just farted. But um, this company has now sold over $200 million in rubber stamp sets. <laughs> has sold over $200 million in stamp sets, papers, ribbons, and metal embellishments. Yeah. Um, Shelly Gardner also has a blog called So Shelly, um, where she talks about her family, her vacations, etc. And in the comments on one of Shelly's blog posts, someone commented and said, Shanna cheated on Jared. To which Shelly responded, that is not true. That is what Jared told people. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh my God. Oh my gosh. So, um, her estimated net worth is expected to be in, well, the high numbers. So if Shanna comes from a family that's pretty well off, why would she need Jared's death certificate if it was money related? So I think that's maybe what people are trying to figure out. Um, why would someone ask for this when something this tragic just happened and is still such a fresh wound? And again, it honestly just feels like a jab to Kirsten. Um, and this is just another instance where we see this type of behavior throughout the case. So let's keep, move, let's keep moving forward here. When it was time for Jared's funeral, Kirsten offered to pick the twins up and drop them off the day of the service. Shanna responded by saying that could only happen if she was allowed to go too. Kirsten was like, uh, no, for obvious reasons, because she cheated on Jared allegedly. Um, Shanna did not like that. So she kept the twins home the day of Jared's funeral. And Kirsten said that she and the whole family is absolutely heartbroken over that still to this day. And rightfully so, because that's their family too. So to me, that that's strike two or maybe 7,000. I don't know. Um, do you remember the criminal defense attorney Shanna hired to quote, protect her children? Well, people don't know how honest that statement actually is because Shelly, with her very public blog, posts about her family and twins pretty often. So if you're trying to keep your kids out of the public eye and protect them from negativity, then why are you allowing your mom to make posts about them? Wouldn't that expose them even more? Especially showing people like where you've been, what they look like, what they're wearing. I don't know. It's just all kind of, it's just a little confusing to me, but I think we may know the real answer as to why this man was hired. Um, let's keep moving. Shanna also did an interview that I talked about in episode 13 with the Florida Times Union. This was the only interview Shanna has done in all of this. And in this interview, she talked about um, how she and her family were victims of harassment and people are taking pictures of her and the twins out in public and were making accusations against her and her husband, you know, the works, that kind of thing. And what I immediately found odd in this article is that there are pictures of Shanna, like professional pictures. It's almost like she's trying to be seen as the victim here and play things up 
And I don't know, it just seemed like it was more about her than it was about Jared and the whole family. Um, you can go look this up. You can watch the video. Um, just search Florida Times Union, Jared Brightigan, and you'll find it. Um, and I'm not trying to sound so much like a hater. I'm just trying to point out the things that seem off. Um, it kind of reminds me of, kind of reminds me of like the Barry Morphew, um, case with Suzanne Morphew, his wife, about how he like made a video pleading with, um, people saying like, please bring my wife home, like after she went missing and stuff. And it just seemed a little too like rehearsed and it's like hard to tell. It's like, I, he doesn't look like he's necessarily in shock. He just seems a little too calm. And that's kind of how this video came across to me. And um, the pictures that were taken of her, they're kind of like dramatic. Like there's one of her standing by the blinds as if she's like, you know, living this like hidden life kind of thing. Like she's trying to hide from the public. And like, I don't know, it's just the expression on her face is kind of like, <sighs> feel sorry for me. I don't know. I don't know. Do I think what happened to all of these people is absolutely horrendous? Yes, absolutely. But I just can't dismiss the fact that there are things that don't add up when it comes to her. I just got to say that. And I think everyone else thinks that too, okay? I Like, I'm just saying, don't come for me, but I'm just stating the obvious here. Um, hold on, I got a cough. So about this too, when, um, Kirsten did like a Q and A or something on Instagram, she's like, Hey, send in your questions, like whatever questions that you have about this, I'll be happy to answer them and clear anything up. So someone sent in a question that asked if, um, Shanna showed any reaction to Jared's death. Kirsten said, no, she really only seemed worried about the kids. And that right there contradicts what Shanna said in the Times Union article about breaking down and crying and all that. Shanna said that's what she did. But Kirsten and everyone else said, no, she really didn't seem that affected by it. I know everyone handles grief differently. But again, I'm just stating the red flags here. So in this same article... Um, when talking about staying out of the media, Shanna almost made it sound like Kirsten asked her not to do interviews. Like Kirsten specifically told Shanna, don't talk to the press. Um, but that's simply not true. Kirsten asked everyone to not talk to the media at first, not just Shanna. She wanted people to be careful about speaking to the media as soon as it happened. I don't blame her at all because you don't want to like say things that could compromise you later on, you know? And, um, Kirsten sent a text actually to Shanna and she has screenshotted it and it's on her Instagram. I believe it's in her highlight reels, um, on the, I think it's in the, what we know part two or something. It's like the most recent highlight reel that says what we know. And she sent her a message saying like, it's coming back to me from reporters that I asked you to specifically not say anything and that is just not true. Like, I hope you keep doing more interviews, but that's not what I said. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as of now, very recently, I think like in the last two weeks, there's now a published article about Jared's case in People Magazine and it covers everything. And they did a great job, by the way. Um, 
the police still do not have any leads at this time, except for the blue Ford truck that I mentioned before. The truck is uh, between a 2004-2008 model, and it's navy blue with tan trim, like it's two-toned, like it's navy on the top, and it's got like a tan panel on the bottom. And it has a silver toolbox and silver running boards. And the front grille, just so everyone knows, would have just like the traditional Ford logo in the center of it. Like the circle, you know, in blue and it says Ford in silver. It's just that. It's not like the new ones that have like the bars across it running horizontally. It's just like a plain old black grille and it's got the Ford logo smack in the center. Just look it up. It'll make sense. (laughs) I'm probably not doing a good job of describing that, but look it up. It will help. Um, And if you see this truck, please, please call Crime Stoppers. Even if, even if it's not the truck, it doesn't matter. You're giving the police and the Bridegan family hopeful leads, right? Because you never know what that one phone call could do for all of this. Months have gone by and the public, at least, has not been made aware of really any new developments. Do the police have any? I don't know that. But sometimes in cases like this, I feel like especially they have to keep things on the hush-hush because there are only certain things that the killer or the um, people a part of this would know. So they can't compromise the investigation, right? Um, So again, if you live in the Jacksonville area, or I think this is also very important and what Kirsten has been saying, if you at one time, saw this truck in the Jacksonville area, specifically Jacksonville Beach. If you have seen this truck, but now you no longer see it, you need to call law enforcement. You need to call law enforcement. You need to call the Jacksonville Beach Police Department in particular, okay? And you need to let them know. Um, Not that I think this is going to (laughs) reach car dealers, but car dealers, if you happen to be listening to this, if anyone... CarMax, whatever. (laughs) If anyone came in to your dealership wanting to trade in or get rid of this type of truck, you need to call law enforcement. You need to do it. And you need to give them the name, okay? If anyone on Craigslist bought a truck that looked like this, you need to call law enforcement now, okay? I don't know what area this truck was in before all of this happened. But I think it's safe to say Jacksonville Beach, uh, Neptune Beach, Atlantic Beach, even Ponte Vedra, maybe even St. Augustine, um, really just like anywhere in the Jacksonville area, you need to make note of this and keep the image of that vehicle in your mind so that anytime you're out and you notice a truck that fits that description even a little bit, you need to call Crime Stoppers, okay, Um, or the police department. So something that I want to mention here as well, and a quote that was mentioned in this, is that the wheels of justice can be slow, but the wheels do turn, right? Because I saw an interview with a Jacksonville Jacksonville Beach (laughs) Police Department where um, one of the investigators said, Um, investigating all of the details takes so much longer than investigating the crime itself, right? Because almost immediately, 
the authorities came out and said that this um, this murder was a targeted attack. It didn't take them very long to figure that out. I think anyone who has researched this and read about this or seen it on the news, you can piece that together yourself. You do not have to be an investigator to know that. Um, and again, please listen to the previous episode because it covers all of this. But I will say this. There were only... I said it in the in the episode in part one, but I'm going to say it again. There were only three people that knew the exact route Jared would take from Shanna's house to his house in Nocatee. There were only three people that knew that. Kirsten, Jared, and Shanna. Possibly Mario, Shanna's now husband. So maybe four, but definitely three. And, um... What I would want to know is what was Shanna's demeanor like at home whenever the twins were dropped off with her that night of February 16th? What was her demeanor like? What, 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 like, was Mario at home? I would also like to know that. Was anyone from the house missing at the time? Not like missing, but like, were they not there? That's what I want to know. And I think those are the things about the investigation the police are keeping on the hush-hush. But I have so many questions going through my mind about this. And I'm just trying to puzzle this together, as you probably are too. But I think that we all need to help out in some way. Um, And here are a couple things that you can do to help out and bring more attention to this case and get more eyeballs on this. Um, One, go follow Justice for Jared B. on Instagram and on Facebook, and I believe that now that they are on Twitter, so they have all the outlets. Um, and then Kirsten recently started a nonprofit um, called uh, Bexley Boxes, and or Bexley Box. That's her daughter's name is Bexley. Hold on, I'm looking it up on my Instagram account right now. Give me just one second. Okay, I found it. So I'm going to read you the caption straight from my Instagram. Um, it says project Bexley box came about because for seven months I have thought daily about the night of February 16th on that night. My husband was killed in front of our two-year-old daughter, Bexley. Bexley was alone for several minutes between when her dad was shot just feet away from her to when a kind bystander removed her from the vehicle and wrapped her in a blanket. Bexley spent hours at a police station that night, part of which I wasn't there to comfort and hold her. She was terrified and so, so confused. The goal behind these Bexley boxes is to equip police stations with simple toys, blankets, snacks, and other necessities, diapers, etc., to ease the anxiety and pain children experience when finding themselves in a similar situation. My brain farted again. So sorry. Um, to give them a small sense of comfort during the unthinkable. This initiative is off to an amazing start, thanks to all of you. In less than 10 hours, the entire original registry was purchased. My goal this morning was to gather enough donations to fill three or four boxes for local police stations, but I have a feeling we are going to be reaching many more in the near future. In that pursuit, we are starting a nonprofit in hopes to expand this initiative far and wide so we can help as many families and children as possible. We couldn't do this without you and are so forever grateful for the love and generosity we've seen so far. How amazing is that? I have chills. Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, I 
that blows me away that in such a dark and um, horrible time for this whole family and all of their friends, Kirsten finds a way to help other people. She, like I'm telling you, she is my absolute hero. And, you know, for her too, I believe, like she has said before, this is a way to also honor her husband. And what a great thing to do for police stations. You know what's sad is that I don't think we realize how many kids have to go through something like this. It doesn't even have to be a, a murder. It could be a um, a domestic abuse call or, you know, something like that where the children have to be taken away from the home or where they're not with their families or with people that they are familiar with and they have to be by themselves. I just can't imagine what Bexley went through. I cannot imagine. And Kirsten has said multiple times that she still has trauma to deal with from all of this because she recalls the incident where her dad died as the boom. And she will say, boom, boom, daddy on the ground. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. It just makes me so emotional thinking about that. But that is one way that we can help you guys is um, I believe there's an Amazon registry. Again, you can find all this information on Justice for Jared B on Instagram. That's the one I primarily use, but um, you can donate to the registry and all of the um, things purchased will go straight to Kirsten. She'll put the boxes together and then she will then go take them to the police stations so they can have a Bexley box. I just think that is incredible. So you can donate that way. Um, you can share, 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 especially if you're in the Jacksonville Beach area, share the picture of the truck. Please share the picture of the truck. If anything else, please put that on your somewhere on your stories, something. Um, people need to keep an eye out for that. People need to have the image of that truck fresh in their mind, right? Um, because if you're out and about and you're like, wait a minute, that looks kind of familiar. Call Crime Stoppers. I'm going to put their number in the uh, show notes down below. Um, so those are just some ways that we can help. Um, again, I thank you so much for being here. This is all I have for you today. And I appreciate you listening to me kind of babble <laughs> again. But I hope that before too long, I can provide you all a happy update that this sick and twisted person or persons are caught and put in prison where they all belong, right? Um, stay safe out there. Please, I hope you'll join me for the next one as we move through October, aka spooky season. Again, I am always accepting um, episode story time um, suggestions. <laughs> if you... It, it can be anything spooky. Like, hey, I went to this hotel once and they told me it was haunted. Send it to me. Or, hey, I had an experience. Or, I had a funny experience at a haunted house. Send it to me. Um, I'm going to be sharing my own personal um, <laughs> haunted corn maze experience. And I'll try to get my husband on with me because that was technically our first ever date in high school. So, <laughs> maybe stay tuned for that. That'll be an interesting one. But, um... Again, thank you guys so much. Kirsten, if you listen to this, you're my hero. I pray for you and your family all the time. I pray that you can be reunited with the twins and um, very soon and that they will um, be okay because I can't imagine how hard this is for all 
all the children involved. Um, I'm thinking about you all the time and I keep my eyes peeled anytime I'm going to and from work because I work in the Jacksonville Beach area, but my eyes are always peeled. So, um, thank you guys. And, um, I hope you'll join me for the next one. Bye.